0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flawless. My name is Liam McGuinness, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Grant Parkin. Hi there. And unfortunately, we're not joined by our usual co-host, George. However, uh, we are joined by a special guest, Carrie. Greetings. So, each episode of Flawless, one of us proposes an album that we consider to be flawless, and we figure out what that means for us, and go from there. So, today, our special guest is Carrie, and Carrie has nominated a special album. What album did you nominate, Carrie?
1: I've nominated... Fat Boy Slims, you've come a long way, baby. Right here. I think it's actually pretty interesting to see how quickly the album became as big as it did. I think about uh, having similar backgrounds to one of our other guests being very remote, or what's what was very remote at the time, and not really having a lot of uh, ability to access incredible radio like we have now. And even though the album came in 1999, I was dancing to it in 1999, which yeah. just seems so odd given the time period that it was. hmm um, I think that, and I think Norman Cook says it himself, that it's an album for everybody. It's got that accessibility that a lot of dance music sometimes misses. Mm-hmm. And so I think the audience um, was so wide, so that's why, it's got so, why it got so popular.
0: Yeah. So uh, You've Come a Long Way Baby is the second studio album by Fatboy Slim, aka, a.k.a. Norman Cook, it was released on the 19th of October 1998 in the UK on Skint Records and in the US by Astrid Works. And it was recorded and produced at Cook's home studio, which is called The House of Love in uh, Brighton, England.
1: It's appropriate.
0: I did not know about that until The House of Love, until I was looking up for this album. Is,
1: is that a kick to the East 17's House of yeah. Love?
0: <laughs> we can only hope. Fingers crossed. So it reached number two yes. in Australia, it reached number one in the UK, and number thirty-four on the US Billboard charts, and it won him a Brit Award for Dance Act, and he was also nominated for Male Solo and Best Single for Rockefeller Skank, which I'm sure we will address shortly.
1: So was it Rockefeller Skank that he ended up having to pay a bucket load of royalties to other people for?
0: Yes, I was going to mention that uh, <laughs> there are four, apart from not including the vocal line, there are four main musical samples throughout the song and each of the four artists when he went to ask them if he could sample it wanted twenty five percent of the cut of the license. So in order to get that he had to give away one hundred percent of the cut of the license fee of the royalty. So basically anytime really? anytime you hear that song, anytime it's on the radio, it's used in movies, any of that sort of stuff. Norman Cook makes nothing. He's not getting a scent. It's, every, it's all going to the four That's amazing. music samples, not including the vocal sample as well.
1: Which just made it... I mean, I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts and basically interviews in preparation for talking about this, and it made it almost hard then to hear when he talked about um, not enjoying... Uh, the end of big beat music because he felt like everything was sounding like someone else's or yeah, his, sure. basically, yeah. <laughs> and it just the irony was a little bit hard to swallow given, you know. Sure. And I, I love the album, that's why it's here, but I just found that a bit funny that it was, he was saying that he didn't like the end of that era of music that he probably kick-started along yeah. or dragged along, let's say, but um, when, you know, when he's paying. And, and it wasn't just that song, I believe. There are other songs of his that he's had to pay out royalties for.
0: Yeah, So yeah, so you would normally have to pay. You would yeah, you'd have to pay royalties and license fees for everything that you sample. But Mm. it's normally like oh yeah, just a small cut, like a five or a ten percent. But in this case, all four of them went big, and so he negotiated them all. I'm probably guessing down to twenty five percent each, and then just went well. I'll just take that as a, you know, I'm going to make my name on this song, and that'll be enough for me. I mean, I'm I'm sure he's fine. He's you know, toured the world for a great story. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So he's like yeah.
1: He um, apparently too, and I don't think it was this album, but he, you know, he was a big fan of the Clash. He went, he grew up in that punk era, Norman Cook, and um, he was a little bit uh, upset, but rightly so, like in a sense that. Uh, one, one of the members of the Clash contacted him because he sampled some of their music. Right. And he was, you know, saying, oh, but you, you were there when I played it and you were smiling and I thought you were okay with it. And he said, yeah, yeah that's until he started making money from it. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, um, you know, that his first contact with his heartthrob of a band, so to speak. Yeah. And they're like, give me money.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, it's, sad, like, it's weird. It always makes me think of um, Fun Love and Criminals, the Scooby Snack song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that uses three samples from Reservoir Dogs. And okay. every time that gets played, Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. gets a cut because he negotiated a license fee, even though it's like the rest of the song doesn't really have anything to do with him or anything <laughs> like it's literally just, sure. oh, these three things sound cool. Not only that, but they he negotiated, basically forced them to give him co-writing credit on the song as well. So wow. when you look at the credits for the song and the album, it's like that song written by Fun Love and Criminals and Quentin Tarantino. It's like, <laughs> come on. He just wanted Aww. to be across more media. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So if they'd won a Grammy for that song, then he would have, Co won the Grammy, I guess. Gone up on stage. Yeah.
1: It's amazing how many, um, how many movies that song has been in. You know, mm. like I sort of had a bit of a, a search back. Yeah, through yeah. And, Wiki's and, got
0: like a big list of all yeah, the things. Like, that's It's used a lot. That's
1: right. That's right. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. But the, it's interesting you talk about Quentin Tarantino being involved because there were so many other filmmakers involved in videoing mm. that whole album. You yes. know, you think about there was. I mean, I knew about Spike Jones. Yeah. Did not know about Mr. Coppola.
0: Yes, Roman Coppola directed Coppola. the... Yeah.
1: Um, I'm Australian.
0: <laughs> yeah, Coppola. <Cobbler. laughs> um The Gangster Trippin yeah. film clip. Yeah, where yeah. they blow stuff up the Where they just the time? blow stuff up. And mm-hmm. then he also co-directed the Praise You film clip with Spike Jones and he's in it. And yeah, so they just, he was able to tap into some networks of people and get some really cool film clips made.
1: This, this is going to sound really bad, but I, I know that, I know. so Spike Jones, uh, the way that he let Norman know that I've got mm. this great idea for a video, was he recorded himself dancing like someone who's not great at dancing, let's yeah. say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right at, um, and I don't remember the name of the, s- the theatre in Hollywood, My Brother Is Going To Kill Me, yeah. Um, Gr- 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 the Chinese Gr- 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 theater, That's it, Chinese theatre, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. um, he fi- videoed himself and I think Norman was saying something to the effect of, who is this weirdo? I love it. And and Spike's like, well, that weirdo's me. (laughs) And that's where that whole idea for that video came Mm. is... He wanted to, Spike Jones wanted to do this, and the grand total of that production, was some, it was under $1,000 or yeah, something. Yeah, it
0: was $800 they made it for. Wow. And it won MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, a bit like film and it's in still and in like the top yeah. 10 of
1: the best film clips of all mm. time. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you, you only got to watch it again now, and you see why, because it's still great. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I just found that so strange.
0: So we're kind of all over the place a bit here, but Grant. Yes. First, impre- first of all, had you heard this album before? So obviously I think it's fairly clear that I had, and I'm quite familiar with it. Had you heard the album before?
2: I I had heard the album before, so awesome. so thank you for that. Um, and uh, certainly, in opening with you know right here right now, I I think you'd challenge. Um, I think everyone of that era would have had that if they played sport um, yeah. in any sort of <laughs> um, aggressive nature yeah. or wanted to get amped, would have had right here right now on a on a on a tape or yeah. on, a, on a CD. On a loop. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so and, and I think I was I was probably. Certainly was still at university. I had a long time yeah. <laughs> there, um, but uh, a friend of mine had the CD. Yep. I think on ref- one, having listened to it again now, I'll, at that time I would have been, been
0: exposed to the whole disc. So, were you in South Africa when it came Correct, out? Correct. Yep, yeah, so it made it made big it over time. there. Yep. Yep, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. big time.
2: So, um, I still remember the you know the the, the iconic. Um, yeah, you know, kid in a tight shirt. Yeah, yep, <laughs> oh, yep From did, the front cover, they still can't identify
1: still him. I read have they, something. Have they still
0: not? Don't know who that I d- is. I do
1: know that apparently he was in town, and I hate this word because it's got so many things tied to it. But for basically an expo for fat people. Yeah, right. okay. And like a pr- it's almost like a pride sort of thing. Like yeah, are you know, Like going okay. out yeah. there, cool. being proud to be proud yeah. yeah, to curvy. Yeah, Um, and but they've never been able to identify him, and I just think, man, wouldn't you want to say Absolutely. I'm on that 1999 <laughs> album, and and a lot of the single covers as well because they reused it and cut it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, that it, I just sidebar because I couldn't. I thought, man, I would. I mean, I didn't even like being being the center of attention, except it amongst my friend group. Yeah. But I would totally say yes. I was on like fat, voice yes. slim. Album. Absolutely. Thank you. Like, <laughs> for sure.
0: If not at the time, then maybe later, like ten years later, you're gonna you're only gonna get attention from people who like the album now. Mm. Like it's only gonna be positive attention, like a bit later down the line. Or even
2: your friends. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. saying,
0: Hey, it's. Yeah, Here yeah, he is. You would well, think his friends, friends would his friends would know would have known, would yeah. know. So the of real course. thing is, how, what great friends does he have that none of them <laughs> exactly. have gone? Hey, I know no, who this is. Like that's what that's I'm a around. miracle.
1: He, that, that, he needs to be royalty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a secret co- cone of silence yeah. around him.
2: Against the backdrop of every Norman Cooks negotiated with everyone else. Yeah, yeah. You know, what about some comms for, <laughs> for me in the cover?
0: Yeah, that's
1: right. Um, that's right.
2: Yeah. So you, you
0: mentioned right here, right now. Yes, and. Uh, I would like to put that out there as possibly one of the great opening songs of all time, which is really weird because I used to have a radio show and I once did a special on great opening tracks on albums. And I was like, man, it must've been in there. And I went back and looked at the track list today and it's not on there. (laughs) Really? So (laughs) I'm going to reposit that it's one of the great openings of all time and also one of the great song openings of all time. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it comes in like low and there's a synth line and then there's strings and it's just layers on layers. And then there's like another synth line and then there's the maracas and it just slowly builds and builds and there's like a choir effect and then another synth line and they're all sort of starting to swirl around each other and then it all just cuts out for that vocal line Mm. it's so like it just gives me chills like this is like a 20 year old album now and i still get chills every time i hear it it's so great and he
1: does too you know that that's actually he said in several interviews as i said totally been you know scrubbing up on my knowledge Um every single interview he's he's done, he said that that is still his favorite song. yeah um, because it is it, it's still relevant now. Sure. you know it's still so accessible um, and he's not sick of it. Um, he, th- that and praise you like I, I heard on one interview that he said praise you was kind of one yeah. of his favorites as well, but he, mm. on every single thing I've heard him say, yeah, right here right now is his favorite.
0: Awesome.
1: I wonder then you know, thinking about um, you know the samples that are in that, you know, he talks about, no, Depeche Mode? No. Um, was it Massive Attack? I can't remember there was a, and you're going to look at me. He's referenced like, Massive Attack before. Yeah, but he, yeah. he said what, what the difference was and he worked it out that, um, it, it, he said it was strings. Yeah. He, was, he was missing strings. Okay. Yeah. And he said that once he added strings and it, just it just made that it was timeless. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mm. kind of um, what I thought was interesting as well, because it's so right. As he said, it comes on nice and slow and soft and...
2: Sensational description. Yeah, that awesome. was that was good. Thank you. I was like, "Geez, I want to go back and listen." No, come come. And, and
0: it's got the fake finish. Yeah, it's got it's got like the cuts to a drone, and you think, "Oh, maybe the song's over." No, and then no. it smashes the drum straight back into it again. It's great. Mm.
1: The um, tagline right here, right now. Yeah, comes from that movie, *Strange Days* yes. in '95, and. Do you know what I had
0: Strange Days.
1: Yeah, right? Okay. Who's
0: in it? Yeah. Um, Ralph Fiennes, Juliette Lewis. Lewis. And who directed it? It's, um, no, no, it's uh, Catherine Bigelow and it. James, when yeah. they were still friendly. So Catherine Bigelow, who went on to make Zero Dark Thirty and was married to James yeah. Cameron for a while. And her together. award-winning The Hurt Locker. And award-winning The Hurt Locker, yes. 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 To yeah. be clear. <laughs> she is awesome. <laughs> and it's from Angela Bassett, which is, yeah,
1: Yeah,
0: awesome. yeah. Okay. So wow. That one vocal line.
1: I mean, I mean, this is not a film review podcast, but <laughs> the film at the time didn't wasn't actually very popular, but no. when you go back and you look at it now, it was actually quite progressive, so mm. I like I can see how he was drawn to that, because Norman Cook, for all, of whatever you think about him, he was a rule breaker.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: You know, he just didn't like following rules, and that's how he created his sounds, and that's why, you know, he loved punk, and
0: mm. yep. you know,
1: he often talks about the whole, you know, I don't know if you've listened to where he gets his influences from, but he talks about white people not playing black music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said he didn't get into this sort of music earlier because it was a no-no for mm. white people and yes, using yeah. inverted commas to get yeah. into what was traditionally black music. Yeah. So it, um, he just, just like to throw the rules out. He said it was like the Wild West. Yeah. So...
0: Um. And so it feels like it's like a real up song. It's like the real fist pumping song. But there's another. I, I was started looking up Fatboy Slim lyrics. I didn't know they were a thing until I started looking them up. Okay. So all those All three lines, of all, them. All the hook lines that I really want to. I've, never, I've always gone, oh yeah, I think it kind of sounds like this, but I just sort of say it. You just make the noise in your head and don't worry about it. Yeah. So the, the back half of this song, there's another. Do you remember the vocal line for it? Do you know what it says?
1: I'm just thinking. No, you're going to have to correct it's me. It's Waking
0: Up to Find Your Love's Not Real. Waking up to find your love's not real. Wake
1: up Oh, find... yeah. Oh, wow.
0: Right. Okay, that line's really depressing. This song has just changed <laughs> completely because it used to be a fist pumping right here, right now, let's go, let's do it, into... Oh, also, yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure drunk 16-year-old me was like... Nah, 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 yeah, nah, yeah. Nah. Like, that wasn't a lyric. That <laughs> was just yeah, a sound, a nasally sound. Is, a lot of the real.
0: vocal lines throughout the album are like that, and that's why I went and started looking more like that. No, I want to know what all these lines are saying. And
1: is that from Strange Days as well?
0: I don't think it is, but yeah, That's I don't know. Didn't say. the thing I said. I really you've ruined
1: that it. song for me now. Yeah, no, I'm going to so, go outside and so cry for an it. hour, yeah. and then I'll be back. <laughs> you
0: know, I took it like a
2: racing song. Like I'm not behind. It was not real. Like, okay. If I was racing, it's good. Yep. I it was like, I'm not behind. It yep. was not real. No. I'm like, okay, I'm a, I was behind, but I'm not ahead yeah. in a race. And that was my one of the one of the songs I'd used to get yeah. to get excited and pumped for.
0: And yeah, then of course yeah. wow. That flows So uh, Right here right now UK number 2 In the charts mm-hmm. Australian chart number 28 And in the hottest 100 of 1999 It was number 23 And that flows right into The big What most people think of As the big single from the album Which is Rockefeller Gang, mm-hmm. Like the big lead off single mm-hmm. um, UK number 6 Australia number 32 And hottest 100 a year earlier Number 63 So right here right now beat it which like? i love A lot of it. that I, yeah. think,
1: I think that's how i actually first heard that song was that um i would have heard it so my dad used to buy hottest 100 album every year and yeah still does i think unless we've drowned drowned him or oh, sorry dried him out of money yet yeah. um but i think you know as with everything your dad owns like his socks you compulsorily acquire them as we did with those albums and i think that that's where that came from is that's right. where i first heard okay. that song yeah. um and then went from there and then i think that that was when we I think again, Dad might have bought the album, and then yeah. I just stole it, and yeah.
0: And yeah, so that one is obviously um, right about now, Funk Soul Brother, mm-hmm. and then the other line is Double Screwball, so it's Double Screwball, Double Screwball, it's Double Screwball, which once again okay. I didn't know until I started looking again, it up today. So Wouldn't Drunk Me
1: one. says, blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> <Like I just laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm sorry, Norman. That's so right. I think
0: this is a really good. Like it's also – like this album combines so a lot of like surf rock and then hip-hop and um, sort of – as well as the, like the big beat and drum and bass stuff. But So this album sort of – this song, Rockefeller Skank, wraps a lot of that up into that sort of one song. And I love it. It's really great. <laughs> oh,
1: I love it. So on your, uh, on your uh, list. I think we missed a really important part though between Right Here, Right Now and oh, Rockefeller yes. Skank where um, – Whatever his name was, calls in and... <laughs> WBCN, this is Brad. Brad up. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well done. That's right. Yeah. WBCN, who's this? Hey, this is Brad. This is Brad. This is... Now, uh, who's
0: your, who's your favourite artist? Who do you want to hear? Well,
2: my favourite artist right now is Fat Boy Slim. That guy kicks ass.
0: How tremendous is Fat Boy Slim? The
2: band of the
1: 90s, if you want to call it a band, because it's a one-man name.
0: Wow. And
1: you wanna hear that new fat boy song? Absolutely. Which one? The um it's Funk Soul Brother, check it out. Sing it, I don't know which one. Right about now. The funk soul brother. Check it out now. The funk soul brother. Right
0: about now. The funk soul brother. Check it out now. The funk soul brother. Right about now. The funk soul brother. Check it out now. The funk soul brother. Right about now. Soul Brother Check it out
1: now the Funk Soul
0: Brother right about now That is We've so on that.
1: par. Yeah. Um, that, that just shows what that sort of music's about. Yeah. Just, you get so into it. That's
0: this is this is like we record in a studio and we don't have the music playing while we're recording because we don't. I don't have an easy way to slice that in and slice it out again. And I have never been more regretting of that fact than today. 'Cause there's no way we should be doing this and talking about it without dancing around the room and just playing the songs <laughs> over and over and it's like wherever you play this album it's a dance party. Sure. Absolutely. correct. It just correct. kicks in straight away. I was listening to it on the way to work and I'm dancing. I'm sitting at my desk and I'm doing a little dancing mm. and everyone's like looking at me going, What are you listening to? I'm like, it's just fat voice thing. It's just I can't not do it.
1: My co worker had to tell me to turn my music down even though it was in my ears at the time and nice. he sits, you know, a good meter and a half away. Awesome. So
0: So uh, Grant, did you have any other favourite songs on the album? Oh, great question. Um, so, well, I mean,
2: they, it, they're all, to be honest, a hit off the hit. Huh? I think if I was to choose the one that um, that wasn't as as necessarily as recognised, certainly in South Africa, it'd be um, Build It Up, Tear It Down. Mm-hmm. Um, just a great riff yep. um, in it, and it really, in terms of yeah, we just both described, you just want to move. Yeah, like, and it's it's that one really resonated with me, and, then, and the other ones I suppose speak themselves and. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that they're recording studios in Brighton and, and now you've got the song number eight. <laughs> yeah, yep, you're not from Brighton. You're not so, from Brighton? Uh, there you go, okay.
0: Testament to George, you can't join us today, who actually is from Brighton and is very, very annoyed that she can't talk about this album mm. because, yeah, I think we would have got a big treatise on why Brighton is awesome and a great place to come from.
1: Agreed, agreed. Agreed. Mm. So, I sort of thought I'd chime in with my favourite of that. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, and there is no other reason other than the fact that this was my dance a al- dance anthem for the year. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm so white, me and my girlfriend had to dance to it <laughs> and everything. Um, it was that It was that song before you went out, you know, when you actually cared about getting ready to go somewhere and yeah. you sort of, you know, dance around your house for about half an hour before or more so. and you guys don't know. I didn't, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure.
0: I'm not sure what that one I can imagine. Yes, yes,
1: you know, but but you're doing things, you know, you were drinking illegally and you were, you know, getting dressed, that sort of thing. and Potentially, in the past. Oh, absolutely. Can't get get in trouble for it. Um, no, but you, that, my song is Love Island. Mm
0: -hmm. And just
1: that, that thick beat that it's got to it. I still, to this day, when it hit a certain point, um, in the song, and this is when I got told to shut up at work. <laughs> I sort of, you know, you just you can't help but drop your shoulder, or, you know, it just, I, I cannot explain how that song still had that effect on me.
0: And just that big sort of squishy, ocean-y sound to bring it in, sort of slow build-up. It's, yeah, it's awesome.
1: It's a great song.
0: It's really interesting that, um, so apart from Fucking In Heaven, which is like track number three, mm. all the songs on the album are basically five minutes or longer. And they never feel like it. So you think of a dance album and you do think, oh yeah, long tracks, big long sort of loops and slow intros and builds and flows and everything. And then you think of this album, which is really like that sugar rush of a dance album. Mm, like it's, It is. It's easy hooks, it's big hooks, it's nice vocal lines. And you think, oh, yeah, so the songs must all be short. But they're not. They're just standard dance tracks at like six minutes. But that sugariness and that, I'm not superficiality, but that easiness of, of the way it grabs you makes it feel like the songs are shorter.
1: I, mm. I was so surprised when I sort of put it up to make sure, you know, go through the songs that it was like it was over an hour long or is it is about an hour long? And I was thinking, yes. you know, you don't. Correct. You just don't, especially for an artist's second album, you know, like it yeah. wasn't you Know fifth or whatever else, it just I was blown away that, that it was an hour long because, mm. as you said, you just press play and yep. you know, and you blink in its ass it at 8,000. Yeah,
2: mm. so that's a great description, actually. I, I, I am, um, w- when I was told or you know, I got the uh, the update that well, we're doing Fat Boy Slim, I was like, oh, Fat Boy Slim, there's no ways this is going to be a flawless album, no <laughs> ways. And then I listened to it and I'm going, geez, and it just goes like it's hit. After all, mm. you know, sugary and easy listening, and you're moving a part of your body is just going all the time, so uh, yeah, it's been really good to listen to it again.
0: Yeah, so I think uh, my favorite non single track is Soul Surfing. Okay, um, it's a great song. I love the song, I love it, makes me think of like um, 70s, like black and white women doing sort of dancing and stuff in it and like singing along and doing sort of like background dancing and that sort of thing. It always and like um Beck's like new pollution album where they're sort of all dancing and bopping around um sorry where they're all sort of dancing and bopping around and like this like that really throwback sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I used to think also, I used to think it was like a feminist anthem because I thought the line was we don't have to turn you on. <laughs> so I was like, okay. yeah, women going, we're not here to turn you on. We don't have to turn you on. Bad news for people who agree with me. Uh, the line's actually with your help turn you on. So it's like the opposite of what <laughs> I thought the it was. Complete opposite. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So, but that's okay because I still I still love the song. Still fun. a great song, and that's, <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean that's the beauty of the album is even like because there are only so many lyrics. Yes, there is so much interpretation for it that it really is they are songs for everybody. Yeah. Um, oh, I found it interesting too, and I don't know if we're going to cover it because I don't know how many lyrics are in it other than
2: Fat Boy Slim is fucking in heaven. Fat boy slim is fucking in heaven. Fat boy slim is fucking in heaven. Fucking and fucking it fucking in heaven. Fat boy slim is fucking in heaven. Fat boy slim is fucking in heaven. Fat boy slim is fucking in heaven. Fucking and fucking it fucking in heaven. Fat boy slim is fucking in heaven. Fat boy slim is
0: fucking in heaven. Fat boy slim is How much
1: pushback he got from the international music community in terms of um Fat explicitness. Right So you know I found out that it had to be Recut for America And, and That song oh. or
0: the whole album
1: I, I believe that song Yeah um, But I, I I didn't know What other lyrics were in that But of course That's of course That's of course Why 16 year old me loved it Because yeah. it's swearing <laughs> sure. and Yeah yeah To the Correct. man yeah. And whatever else yeah. And he's some middle class White dude sitting There is it, right? one
0: other line in there that says uh, Please let go of me ah. Please let go of me oh, yeah Please let go of me Yeah once again Didn't know it till I heard it today So that's fine yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the music video. So you've got the sort of surf rock abstract one from Rockefeller Skank. You've got Gangster Trippin', which is by Roman Coppola and basically just involves blowing stuff up. And then um, the Praise You video, which is definitely one of the all-time great video clips. So it's basically, for people who haven't seen it, it's like a guerrilla video style thing where they basically spike Jones and a bunch of people uh, pretend they're from a dance troupe and they perform uh, a sort of self-made, self-written dance out the front of a, of a theatre and there's a bunch of people sort of interacting and at one stage of the theatre people try and turn the music off but they bring it back and turn it back on again and yeah, it was directed by and I'm pretty sure starring Spike Jones. does he star in the final version as well, do you know?
1: Yeah, he does and um, Norman's actually um, in it as well, in fact, yeah. Norman's actually in quite a few, as a bit of a cameo of a lot of his yeah. um, music uh, videos. Yeah. Mm. In fact, the only one he didn't, and he was very sad that he couldn't... It, it, it was legitimately because he couldn't be there for some incidental reason. He was sure. supposed to be in it. But in um, later albums, um, the Christopher Walken one, you can do... Yeah, Weapon he, of Choice. Weapon of Choice, that's right. He was supposed to be um, the man vacuuming at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and he couldn't couldn't be there on the day.
0: Mm. So, yeah. So, uh, one... 1999 MTV Video Music Award won the Breakthrough Video and Best Direction and Best Choreography, also nominated for Best Dance Video, and uh, in 2001 voted number one of the 100 best videos of all time in a poll at MTV. So yeah, everybody bought into it. Did the videos make it as much through South Africa grind? Were you aware of the um, videos?
2: N- look, uh, not the, not these ones specifically that I was aware of. Um, but uh, weapon of choice, obviously, was you know yep. the, the, the massive one that made it over there. Yeah. Um, and again, I suppose that was, I think, it w- would have been 98, 99. I wasn't. I was in in digs. Didn't have um or 98, 2000 even 99, 2000. It wasn't um. I wasn't exposed to a lot of TV at yeah. the time. To well, there wasn't
1: YouTube. You know, you couldn't no, just jump on yeah. the internet no. No. And, and look at a video like you can now. So, yeah. I think um, it's. You know, when you think about things like Praise You, for it to get as good as it did, as big as it mm. did, it just shows how great it was. Yeah,
0: so. it would definitely be one of the things if it was on now, it would be like everyone would be throwing it around and sharing it and there'd be gifts, and it'd be up to like a million views in a, in <laughs> sure. a day or something like that. Be would everywhere. this have
2: been on Rage or is that what you guys yep. yeah. watched yeah, yeah, so 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 at that time?
0: Clip, ABC show or Rage? Yeah, it would have definitely been all over that and probably okay. Video Hits at the time. Yeah, so I... So Video Hits was the Channel 10, I think, a commercial channel yep, equivalent, yeah, yeah. so...
1: Well, we. So I went to boarding school. I was in boarding school when these came out, and um, I, that's sort of what would have. Other than hearing it through the Triple J album, it would have been burnt into my soul. From, yeah, for um, sure. You know, when you live communally with people. I was at boarding <laughs> school as well, so yeah, yeah but it's an, yeah. an anthem. Yeah. I think that year 11, there were two instances where I was right near a common room, which, you know, as soon as someone woke up on a Saturday, they'd flick rage on the TV. And as a result, I cannot listen to Prisoner of Society again because <laughs> I have post traumatic stress disorder from it. But that <laughs> gives you. I'm
0: going to be introducing you to Prisoner of Society you. later on, right? N- never heard it. It's coming up.
1: Good, yeah. um, but uh, you know, I think that it—it's it, it, hard to get away from it. It was just everywhere, mm. yeah. So, and and that's absolutely how a lot of Australians would have seen their music videos in that time would be through Rage or video hits yeah. or something of the similar, okay. like Red or whatever was around at the time.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, he does love Australia. He tours here quite a bit under his own name or Fat Boy Slim. And then um, I think he toured last year and he put out like a special EP of like Australian DJs remixing his. Oh, really? favorite awesome. songs his his famous songs and stuff like that so yeah so have you guys loved it. seen live
1: no I haven't
0: okay I have yes Oh yes uh, he did was Big big, big Out dad in yeah, 1999. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah there we go um, yes I'm I don't remember on the much. Gold Coast or? yeah it would have been on the Gold Coast yep. I don't remember much of it I remember seeing Marilyn Manson and then he would have headlined so Marilyn Manson would have been second last on the main stage yes. and then he would have headlined the dance tent so sure. I don't remember seeing who did headline the main stage so I'm assuming I was there um, i don't remember much of it i'm yeah sure. like it would have been amazing and i probably was too young to appreciate it and didn't know enough about dance and yeah that sort of stuff to really get into it but yeah
2: so, so tell us about your experience of this i mean this is your iconic album this is your flawless album what, yeah, what's your history so, yeah um yeah so it
0: came out in 1999 that's when like a lot of my musical taste was sort of starting to develop through sort of spider bait and those, sure. all those sorts of guys and then this was probably one of the first dance albums. I was into The Prodigy a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, this was probably one of the first dance albums I listened to and really loved all that way through. Yeah, um, I remember driving around um, like up and down through the streets and then like four of us in the car and then singing al- or maybe five and like four guys and one girl Yeah, and like singing along to the entire length of Rockefeller Skank, all four guys. It's like, yeah, man, we were cool. Sure. Um, and then, with the windows rolled Still down. Yeah, yeah, uh, with gosh. the windows rolled down. Still and then... Uh. Uh. Some other song came on and all four of us geared up to sing along again. And the girl was like, no, if this, if this, if this happens, I'm get, you You it's are enough. dropping me off. I'm out of the car. So, yeah. So, yeah, like. And she had that. no
2: taste. I mean, that's why. You're not friends with no, her now. No, no. She, like, oh, still friends with her oh, now.
0: Damn. She didn't want to sit in a car with Ford. Like, now, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no one wants that. <laughs> no, <laughs> four teenage guys for, in like, the sun. Yeah, no, thanks. 19-year-old dudes just belting out, like, lines from a dance song. Like, that's not a sing-along song. No. This is just like. As um, I
1: said, how many lyrics are in the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, speaking of lyrics, Acid 8000, once again, went and had a bit of a look up at the lyrics.
1: What, nice segue, buddy. You've Thank you.
0: Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm keeping it moving. Um, Acid 8000 has a line, the only line that I can find. If, if you don't make... If, actually, I've got it wrong here. If this don't make your booty move, your booty must be dead. so great like, yes. yeah, just so perfect and,
1: and, that, and that's how I actually wake up to it. it's the end of the album that yeah. song because I listen to it so much this week and I just have it on really, while yeah. I'm doing work and okay. it's like oh it's the last song yeah. it, and like to me that's the judge of a flawless album is can you sit there from start to finish and you don't yeah. have to skip and keep doing one song and yeah, or like you think oh yeah mm. I
0: know this song I can ignore it for a little bit because it's not great or yeah
1: you sit there and you just enjoy each song mm. and you have to remember that it's the end of the album
0: mm. Yeah. Yeah, so Acid eight thousand and then there was a bonus track on the end of the Australian edition, but that wasn't on the Spotify list, so what was um, that
1: bonus track?
0: Something about They Can't Hear Us or something like that. I was listening to it today and I forgot about it.
1: Okay.
0: But yeah, there was a like which like bonus tracks, yay or nay. Like I tend to think if you've got a if you've got a song that's worth putting on the album, just put it on put the album. On. Like Acid eight thousand is a perfect closer. Yeah. To yes. have anything after that feels like a bit of a waste and like makes you less likely to just loop back around and get started again.
1: I See, I think that shows how much I was partying because I don't even remember that. But the the album literally would have been the only album. How could they
0: hear us? It might be. Maybe, yeah. 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 I'm going to go
1: and listen to that because I actually have the CD at home but of course don't listen to it that way anymore.
0: Nice. No. Exactly. Uh, Any other thoughts or questions you wanted to ask?
1: No, I mean I've got a lot of commentary about Norman himself but that's not really about the album so I suppose yeah. that's a bit useless but, um, you know, he's, he's, an interesting, he's an interesting fellow and, and I think that this album was uh, really important and, and him in general was really important mm. for a lot of people. He influenced so many people and was influenced by so many people that I think this album is actually um, really important for that, for that era of music.
0: I remember thinking, my friends and I talked about it, I remember thinking at the time also that, because this sort of came out around, I think, similar times of Moby it started yes, getting correct. big as well. Yeah. Play, was it? Yeah, it's a that, play yeah. and then sort of the two albums after that. Mm. And, his. and it was like, it was always seemed really weird that, so you've got your dance music that's like sugary and confectionery and fun and poppy, and you've got like, the it's a bit darker and it's a bit deeper and it's sort of more like a thinking sort of dance music. And you've got an American and you've got an Englishman. So you're thinking, well, the Americans got to be responsible for the sugary and the poppy mm. stuff because that's what they're good <laughs> sure. at. And the English will be sort of because no, no. the English
1: are miserable all yeah, the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's more
0: and you know it's Sorry, more a part of their history and everything like that as well. But it's not, it's not. It's like the English guy had the big fun poppy confectionery yeah. album, and then the English, the US guy had the darker sort of more thinking album. Yeah, It's really weird.
1: I mean, I would have just loved to have been a fly on the wall at that. Um, the the beat the. Um, what was the, the where where the the, the the actual sound of that music came from? He owned that club in Brighton, leading okay. up all the way up okay. to that album. Right. And just seeing him develop to the point where he got to that album would have been so sure. It would have been great to be there. Mm. So.
0: Also found out he's only had four studio albums. Fat yeah, that right. Yeah. So he did. He had the Better Living Through Chemistry, and then this one, and then halfway between the Galaxy and the Stars, and Palookaville in two thousand and four. And he hasn't released like a proper studio album since 2004. He's done live albums. He's been yes. touring. I think he retired the name for a little while and then brought it back again. And he's re- in the last couple of years, he's released like three or four singles, um, he's including do- he's "Eat, Sleep, Rave, Repeat," which is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. And but they're not albums. they just like he's probably just not interested in doing albums anymore. It's like no, I'll just make something and I'll just throw it out. He's there.
1: rolling at home in his pile of money. Well, there's that too. Yes, <laughs> 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 it's
0: like yeah, no, he's fine.
2: So, yeah. do you guys have other albums of his of Norman Cooks? Or
0: uh, I
1: think I've got the one before at home. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I
0: do. I think I might have heard Galaxy in the Stars, but I don't think I've got it.
1: Yeah, and I've um, I think probably something of that similar vintage, so to speak. I have probably got, got a lot more Chemical Brothers than I do. Okay. Mm. Um, Fatboy Slim, but I mean, that's the album to have if you're going to have an album yeah. of his. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so. sure. yeah. and <laughs> then
0: he's like, he got like he's had lots of live albums and a remix albums, so he did a bunch of stuff with the Moulin Rouge soundtrack, he did, yeah. So he's, he's always been around, but it's just, I, yeah, it was weird that he only had those four albums so far.
1: And he's done the cliché thing like we talked about on um, the Dom's podcast about the drones, you know, moved out to the bush and yeah. and got his own little clichéd life out there, a yeah, yeah. little <laughs> musician. So. I
0: also found out he, I saw an interview that he did just after, or they were just finishing the work on the next album, and that's where they talked to him about going digital like that's that's the album where he went. He started writing it all in digitally, which means this album was basically done almost live. Like he was mixing mm. analog records he was and, the beating, first, and beating like it all He was all the first live. on
1: that version, is that right? Was that him? I think he, he, the way that he, he put things out, I think maybe that was earlier, but there was an interview I was hearing about. And yeah. um, the way that he released a certain type of music, he was the first person to do it because he said okay. he wouldn't do it the other way. Yeah. Just total cowboy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good for him. Cool. All right. Carrie, any. Uh, closing thoughts or questions before we wrap it up?
1: No, I think um, if anybody wants to th- find out what's uncool about Fatboy Slim, go back to when he was in the House Martins and have a bit of a look and <laughs> compare that to, to, you know, Rockefeller Skank or right here, right now and, and cool. be thankful that he evolved.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, Carrie, what? Uh Flawless or not flawless?
1: Oh, I think it's pretty clear. I think it's flawless. I, I think my, my the person who sits next to me at work yeah. was, was pretty clear to them. Yeah. I thought it was
0: flawless. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm also going to say yes to flawless, that it's, it's just... It's such a beautiful and so controlled... Level of layers in every single song, like he just he takes all these parts and he brings them in and flows them out when they're not needed, and he uses vocal hooks. Like I think that's another another big part of it is like every single the every single song on this album has a vocal hook, and when you hear it, you're like, oh, that's right, this is that from that album. But then he uses those as well. Like he doesn't just let it's not featuring singer. It's no, no. He took that part, the, the vocal line that he needed, and he wrapped it up and he turned it into an instrument of its own and he samples them and he, s- he sort of moves them up and down and I think, yeah, the layers and the levelling in this album are just fantastic. And,
1: and he's actually said that, that 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 was what was wrong with the, f- the previous album. It was more of a dance album. Right. This album, he said, was, you know, s- he made the music so that it would be popular. He yeah. Knew, he, he did that. With so full so intent. With full intent. Okay.
2: Yeah. Excellent. So, There Grant. we go. No pressure. Yeah. Over, over to me. Over what to I me. Mean, flawless or not flawless. Two out of three and, and George, where are you, George? <laughs> um... Look, I think the album's sensational, to be honest. Um, the, my only... I've got ticks all the way down. I've got some notes here, which is new to me to take notes on music. I've got to be careful not to get too, um, I suppose, analytical in, <laughs> in my analysis of albums. But um, ticks all the way through. My only ones where I've got a little bit of an iffy... Um, I, I wasn't so sure, which is interesting, was Soul Surfing. Yeah. I thought, hey, I don't know, an acid 8000. Um, that said, to be, to be quite frank, in and of itself... Realistically, I've got to give this the two thumbs up, guys. Awesome. I-, I have to say, Tripping it's only the threat. second time that I've done this. Yeah, um, you know, I think we've got a unanimous decision here. Uh, flawless album. Thank you very much, Fatboy awesome. Slim, Norman Cook. Brilliant. So there you go. That's uh, my little little um, insights from from Africa.
0: Okay. Well, that's excellent. We've got a, our second, third ever flawless album, depending on. What the, what the the numbers so well there's some debate about that Carrie right. and, I, and I
2: reckon it's only the second one okay But or maybe it isn't maybe it's only still we've only got one but oh. you yeah. do, you want, do you want
0: to elaborate there so, the, so um, Dandy Warhol's Dom and I did together yeah I'm, I'm going to throw in a Flawless
1: for that I mean you
0: know <laughs> well.
1: you know how can you say no to that album? I mean, so, I, li- I listened to every single word of that review because I was there <laughs> along the way. I was there along the way. And Mich- yes. Michelle, who was on the other podcast as well, who I lived with at the time that that album was popular, I believe, or someone around there, she would have known. Yeah. So,
0: cool. All right. Well, we're giving this one a tick, so that's that's all that matters. We want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, flawless is recorded at the Edge Studios at the State Library of Queensland, which is a fantastic free space, so check them out. Help them out if you can. Uh, if you'd like to help us get the word out about Flawless, you can give us a rating and feedback on most major podcast services, which helps other music lovers to find us. We also have a Facebook page where you can be part of the conversation. It's facebook.com flawlessamp flawless AMP. And you can give us a rating, a like, or a share there as well. That would be great. We also have Twitter, we're twitter.com slash flawlessAMP and Instagram as well, also flawlessAMP. Thank you again for listening and we will see you again next time.